Sponsored by the Freedom Times newspaper and AmericanFreedomNews.us. Uh, it's great to have your company. Uh, I'm Patricia Aiken, a.k.a. Sweaty Betty, the garden gal. Mr. Don Wassel, founder and editor of the Freedom Times. Welcome to the show today. What's going on, Don? Hey, not much, Sweaty Betty. How are you doing? Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm loving being able to come in out of the garden and have a break. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You yeah. deserve one. I've seen some of the work you've been doing. It's pretty impressive. I know. I need a 12-step program for <laughs> idiots that still think they're 25. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Man, oh, man. So, listen, um, so, hey, the, the May paper looked great. Oh, did you get it? Yeah, I did. And I, I haven't gotten all the way back to um, the intelligence report, but that's on my, my, my to-do list. I'm, I'm working half days right now. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So you, you've been reading that cover story over and over again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Only only three times. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that again? That uh, uh, Sweaty Betty wrote. The, Sweaty uh, Betty wrote it. That's right. Yeah. 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 Hey, everybody. We got a couple things going on here. TheFreedomTimes.ChatTango.com. Come on over and, uh, and and keep us company over there. Um, and also, take down the call-in numbers, 512-248-8252. Got it? 512-248-8252. And there's a toll-free one, too, 800-313-9443. But most everybody's on a cell phone, I think, these days, so I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, don't call the 800 number unless you have to. Save, uh, yeah, that's uh, right. Save RBN a couple of nickels. Call the uh, 512-248-8252 number. All righty. We are ready to go. So, um, you know, I met our guest during the Bundy Ranch trials in Las Vegas. He was uh, there just about every day I was there. He was there. Um, he's an independent researcher, and he lives in his AMI. And I'll, I'll never forget the day we were waiting to go into Comrade Navarro's courtroom. He walked up to Maxine Bernstein. She's, I call her the fiction writer from the Oregonian and Oregon Live. In a, she had been covering, she covered Malheur, and in a voice that everyone could hear, he told her, you're responsible for the murder of Lavoie Finnicum. You know, and he didn't back down, and she didn't have a thing to say. So he's done 
dug deep into the muck and mire and knows where all the bodies are buried. So I'd like you to um, welcome Mr. Laz Esenar to the show, Don. Hey, Laz, how are you doing today? Good. How about yourself, Don? Yeah, doing great. Uh, we're all we're all doing good, except for Sweaty Betty. She's taking a well-deserved break. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So, Laz, uh, just based on the introduction there, what? Uh, how did you uh, take the red pill? What brought that about in your life? The circumstances. Well, I mean, it started with Child Protective Services, and uh, in Washington State and the state of Alaska, where where my custody, my custody case occurred in in Alaska, and. Uh, I feel railroad by my by my private uh, attorney, and uh, after spending almost uh, seventy five thousand dollars in change, I was frustrated with the system and you know and how fathers don't get don't take don't get a break. But my circumstances was unique because the state of Alaska found the mother of my child substantially neglectful for four consecutive years. Her name was Chandra L. Flannery. And during the process, I was trying to figure out how is Child Protective Services can substantiate that she's neglectful for consecutive years and not have a child. And when I realized, uh, go ahead. Um, Laz, um, can you talk a little bit slower? I'm not hearing you really clearly. Okay. Uh, so, so Alaska when, when child custody out, case. Yeah. So when I found out, I got railroad. Uh, well, I started researching, and I started going back to the old documents, figuring out how is this possible when there's mothers and fathers out there that are fighting for their children, and they don't, and and they and they can't get custody of the children. Uh, yet here I am, also in the same circumstance, and but the difference between me and them is that I actually had documents, legal documents from Child Protective Services substantiating that the mother of my child was neglectful in four consecutive years by four different social workers. And even though wow. I presented evidence in regards to intoxication, including arrest records and everything, I never got my daughter. And the only reason why I, uh, I didn't get my daughter is because my former sister-in-law, that's an attorney, Marissa K. Flannery in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, represented her and lied through the, the duration of the hearings. And my attorney sat back and allowed my former sister-in-law to lie in in motions so she can continue to represent her sister, Kendra L. Flannery. Wow. So where to go? A, where to go from there? Then I mean, so you you woke up because well, uh, you were you know you felt the unfairness personally, and then how did you, how did it go from there? Uh, so I, w- I went to Senator Ted Stevens, the same Senator Ted Stevens that the FBI and the Department of Justice falsified uh, evidence. In regards to in regards to him and also affecting his run for senator, so when I went to him uh, before that, so this is how before it happened. Uh, he substantiate he substantiated that there was that there was uh, malfeasance or corruption in my custody case, and he wrote a letter to the FBI. I got still have those two letters uh, on, my, on my behalf, so they can do an investigation, appoint a grand jury. Uh, about almost six, seven months later, uh, Ted Stevens gets indicted, uh, you know, by the Department of Justice and the FBI, no different than, than our January 6th, and fabricating evidence against Senator Ted Stevens. And no one's gone to jail regarding the FBI or the Department of Justice that falsified those, uh, those documents. That's called obstruction of justice, you know. This is all around the same time as Enron, wasn't it? Uh, this is back in 2006, so I don't know. I, don't, I can't recall when Enron started. So my, my custody started from 2006 to 2009, uh, almost 2010. Wow. And, and so where did, where did, I where realized, did it go? Yeah, go ahead. So, so I realized that the, the system was so, so corrupt, but they were telling me you got to give the system a benefit of the doubt. So I took my documents to the American Bar Association, uh, to say to say with the letter of the two letters of Senator Ted Stevens in regards to him his administration finding corruption in my case, so I, I presented that information, including the evidence, to the American Bar Association, even including the Department of Justice in Anchorage, Alaska, and the Ombudsman's Office in Alaska. 
Uh, and and there, there was also the judicial misconduct in the state of Alaska. So those three agencies I went to, and those three agencies, we we Senator Ted Stevens' letter, and they and they uh, refused to investigate uh, the, the the magnitude of the corruption with my sister-in-law and the judge Sharon O'Gleason. And mind you, uh, my my former sister-in-law was well in bed with Barack Hussein Obama's administration through her law firm, which I, I wasn't aware of. And this is after the fact. And when I was diving and researching, I realized that my former sister-in-law uh, was, during, was there in Barack Hussein Obama's inauguration. And during the process of that, after his, Obama's inauguration in 2016, we all, uh, I also found out that the judge that corrupted my case, uh, what do you call it, Mark Beggage, a treasonous senator, a Republican senator from Anchorage, Alaska, and also with uh, Don, with uh, not Don, Lisa Murkowski, n- allowed the nomination for her to become federal judge, even though I wrote two letters specifically with ties to the letter of Senator Ted Stevens to prevent Sharon Agui's nomination as federal judge. They, for, you see, they refused for me to go testify. And, and my attorney, Marco Rubio, I mean, not my attorney, my, my Senator Marco Rubio here in the state of Florida, also refused, his administration refused to allow uh, the evidence to move forward regarding Sharon O'Gleese's domination. So they basically allowed a Democrat to become a federal judge. And then the, the district attorney by the name of Pamela Washington in Anchorage, Alaska, refused to prosecute um, my ex, Chandra Flannery, for, for, for violation of a probation in addition of child neglect and endangerment because she passed out at the mall, Fifth Avenue Mall in Anchorage, Alaska, and the officer basically did a sobriety test and she failed, including two DUIs. Wow, that's just outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And um, have you had any satisfaction on that yet? I have not. Uh, I even went and... And not from the ombudsman's office, not from the district attorney's office, the American Bar Association, and the judicial misconduct said they didn't find any any wrongdoing, despite the evidence, despite the substantial neglectful uh, uh, letters from Child Protective Services or Office for Children's Services. They protect their own. That's correct. So it's all run by the bar. That is correct. So So then from there... Yeah, so after I learned all that, and I did my own investigation, uh, and then I went uh, from there, went to uh, Washington State, and, and I worked, and I was working or helping uh, an amazing constitutional attorney by the name of Stephen Pigeon, and I, and then after diving into that, I found Governor Inslee's ties with his wife, the Coon House, several churches, in regards to profiting off the foster care agency. And and also pedophilia running rampage in Snohomish County, Washington, or Everett, Washington. Wow, you just really like that hornet's nest, don't you? I'm so <laughs> well, I'm, I'm surprised you're still I'm still I'm surprised you're still alive, Les. When you name names, well, they get upset. <laughs> I've been very blessed. Let me say that I've been very blessed and fortunate. I had a lot of amazing people on my corner. I've uh, I've uh, I've helped out a lot of attorneys, uh, obviously on big cases with my research, including Shauna Cox, you know, and helping her present the evidence that I that I have and continue to have to this day. And then that affects the ranchers, Native Americans, especially Native Americans in regards to their minerals and water. And land, and how the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the 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 Bureau of Land Management, uh, with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, the United States Forestry, the EPA, and the Department the Department of Agriculture, how they go and work the system through their agencies to crush a rancher or Native American that speaks up pertaining to their to their mineral rights or their land or the water rights. Right. So, um, Sam, if you're listening, can you um, can you play that clip um, that um, I put in the the chat there a little bit ago? It's about 17 seconds long. 
when you're ready, let me know. And we'll, we'll play this clip. So, um, but uh, it, it's unbelievable that the depth and breadth and height of the corruption, it is just everywhere. It's, and, and has our country always been this way? Dawn, you've been around for a long time. It's been corrupt for as long as you've known, right? Well, it's been corrupt, I think, from the beginning in some ways, but it's gotten worse over time as power has uh, centralized in, in the central government there, and it has its tentacles all over everything, or it tries to. I mean, and part of it's technology, too. I mean, until a generation or two ago, you could you could grow up um, pretty much, you know, some people relocated, but a lot of people just grew up in their own area and uh, lived their entire lives. Some were businessmen, some were working men, some were just uh, stay-at-home mothers, but they didn't have, they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't really had nothing to do with the, the federal government. That was not really part of their life. Uh, you know, maybe they paid a, an income tax or something like that, but now... Now there's what over uh, you know millions of laws. I mean, there's there's more, as they say, anybody can be ensnared, and and if the system is out to get you, they can ensnare you in all kinds of laws you're not even aware of. So, it's grown and grown, and and of course now the whole thrust of technology and and through social media is to have uh, total control, total surveillance state. They're trying to finish off any kind of privacy and and self reliance and independence. It's sort of socialism or communism for everybody is what they want that's what the, that's behind the great reset really is to smash the the traditional economy small businesses everything that we thought was good and and replace it with what works for the oligarchs so we're an oligarchy and uh, so yeah it's getting worse and worse um, there's a lot more awareness of it that gives me hope but uh, I mean what, what do you think Laz uh, do you see any uh, rays of light or are things continuing to get worse in your opinion I don't know. That de that actually depends on our brothers and sisters out there in regards to the information that we're putting out, what we're about to put out t today. Uh, especially, uh, uh, you know, I believe that the ranchers are a beacon to our republic and we the people. If the, if the, if the, if the ranching community can come together with, uh, with the Native Americans and, and share the information that, that I'm going to provide today, uh, there's no reason why we should not mobilize and I think that we have a lot of people like Shauna Cox, or Ammon Bundy, or Ryan Bundy, or the Hague that can be the, the voice of the information. And this started back in 1999. And to the, to the government, to those Americans out there, I don't want it to be, uh, it's not one-sided party. It's both parties, Republicans and Democrats that are in bed as we go through the information. And this actually started back in 1999 because a couple of things happened in 1999. Uh, in regards to uh, Bill Clinton's administration, uh, they created, which is NGOs, non-government non organizations, and under the NGO, they get our tax dollars, and they use our tax dollars to crush us or to smash us in, in, in every way. And, and, and this yeah, we're, we're ranchers, funding and our own destruction. <laughs> that is correct. And, and to the ranchers, uh, I, I hope you have a pen, a, pen, a pen and paper, or you can come back and, and revisit this broadcast. But I'm going to say from 1999, when Bill Clinton, under Bill Clinton's administration, he passed the, the Senate, uh, part of the Senate Bill 3052, and then regards to the Steens Mountain Cooperative Management Protection Act. That's regarding the lands in Arizona, under Steens Mountain, but let's say Nevada, a little bit of Arizona, and, and Oregon. And then, and, to, and, and then, which comes about the Steens Mountain Act of 2000. Under the scenes of Act of 2000, on August 5th of 2000, they created Public Law 106-257. And under that public law, uh, they created the Oregon Land Exchange Act. And this is very important, especially regarding the Hammonds land, because if people can go back to the hearing in Oregon, Harney County, Oregon, on June 11th of 2010, Pertaining to the Oregon Energy Facility Sitting Council minutes, you would realize that Ron Wyden, Jeff Merkley, Greg Walden, uh, Gordon Smith, Cliff Bentz, all these criminals within our government had a financial stake in the minerals on Steens Mountain and Grassy Mountain. 
And that same yeah, I don't, I don't, doubt, I, don't doubt, I don't doubt that for a minute. They they had already that was about the same time they they tried to flood out the ranches. They flooded out most of the ranchers, then bought up their their ranches for you know ten cents on the dollar. And the the Hammonds were the ones that held out, and they said no, we're staying. Right. And then they came up with, with another one on October thirtieth, uh, October thirtieth of the two thousand Public Law one zero six dash three nine nine. Harney County, Oregon, Steens Mountain, Wilderness Area, and Steens Mountain. And then from there, July 17th of 2000, they came up with the Oregon Land Exchange Act House Report. It's, uh, and that House Report is 106-747. And then we continue on with the 2000 Senate Bill 617 land in the state of Oregon on wilderness to provide for the exchange of certain federal land uh, for, for others. Basically, ranchers that reside near or around federal lands, it was the way to smash you to get your land on pennies on the dollars and move you out. But like you said, the Hammonds refused. And then in 2000, Senate Bill 112-39, lands affected for mining in Nevada, Oregon, and Utah. That also applied in regards to the land, the minerals, and, and, and your water rights. So the D one two three four five six seven these seven bills in two thousand are are the destruction of our ranchers and Native Americans. So well, they, you know, Harney, Harney County I, was was like number one or number two um, economically in Oregon until this happened, and now they're like second from the bottom. They were one of the wealthiest counties, and now they've siphoned yeah, it, all that off. That's correct. So let, let me, a question to all the listeners out there, to the ranchers and Native Americans. If they're so interested in protecting the sage grouse, the, the, the endangered, endangered species, the sage grouse, the, where the turd, the turd is, or the frog. The, 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 the unicorn so, mouse. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's correct. So in 2002, <laughs> in the fall of 2002, Senator Ron Wyden, Greg Walden, Aaron Blumenauer, Gordon Smith, the same people that were behind the, the, the public laws that I mentioned were also behind in 2001 and 2001 with Stacey Davis pertaining to the endangered species. And they allocated $211 million to protect the endangered species, yet they knowingly also passed a law, passed a law in pertaining to the effects of extracting uranium, gold, silver, copper, and mercury under under Senate Bill 897, the Service Mining Control and Reclamation Act of 1977, that goes in hand with the with Senate 197 Radiation Exposure Compensation Act, in which. Bill Clinton himself allocated three quarters of a million dollars, three quarters of a million dollars for the effects of our, of our military or, or anybody extracting uranium in Steens Mountain. And, and so this uranium, in uranium one, uh, a lot of people feel like um, uranium is what sent the Hammonds to prison. That, that that's what they were after the uranium one the clinton foundation can you can you give us a reader's digest on that just just the basic bare bones of it oh well i'll, I'll, I'll make it even easier i'll tell uh, to the american people all you got to go is to these committees that i'm just going to mention right now by dates and you and you can follow them. the uh on august 2005 uh it goes with the Steens Act by Bill Clinton of 2000. And then on July 7th of 2008, uh, Noah Wimper, he wrote a letter uh, to the go Governor Kalinowski from Oregon, Representative Greg Walden, Representative Errol Blumenauer, Senator Ron Wyden, Representative Pete DeFazio, and Bureau Land Manager Director Edward Shepard of Oregon. Uh, pertaining to the contamination, the effects of the uranium, the uranium in the unseen mountain, which they want to extract. 
And then on March 23rd of 2010, Judge Stephen E. Grassi, the, the one that was involved in, in regards to the murder of Robert Lloyd Finnegan, was part of the summary of the United States Forestry WS in, between 2000 and 2010, der, dermatation of, of 75 Federal Regulation 13910-4014. Okay, so, on April so 2nd of 2010... So- Okay, so what I'm hearing you saying, Les, is it's all been regulatory capture. They just passed these laws and um, to to funnel all this money um, into mining into you know their own pockets. Oh, no, no, hold on. So, so I'm glad you touched on that. So it's not necessarily going through their own pockets. Some of it is. So let me break it down. So the, there's, a call, there's a thing called the Oregon Legislative Investment System. Every, every person that works for the government can financially invest through the Oregon Legislative Investment System, in which they go through, uh, like, BlackRock, uh, Merrill Lynch, Vanguard. They all have financial investments in that. Uh, Russell 3000 tied to the minerals in Oregon. So, there, so, so there's the back end in regards to their financial profits. Because remember, they invest in, in, in a five-year, seven-year, ten-year term, even 20-year terms for the future. And the future is in the minute that they're starting to extract because they got to get rid of the ranchers and Native Americans from the federal land. That's the back end. On the front end, like Stephen E. Grassi and Stacey Davis, and Judge Anna Akins and Judge uh, Anna J. Brown, they bought property from the Bureau of Land Management on pennies on the dollar and able to patent their land. And if the people don't understand between the, the, the word patent and a deed, a patent will always supersede a deed. You are the king of your castle and nobody can move. Just like what uh, Clive and Bundy had in in Bunkerville in Bunkerville uh, Nevada, he has a patent, so that's why the federal government can't move him because of his patent. He is the king of his castle. He has the right to his minerals, to his land, and to his water. Well, that's um, yeah, that's interesting information about how how Oregon made this happen. That all the key players. That were there for the um, when Lavoy Finnicum was murdered, um, Ammon, Ryan, Shauna, and all the folks that were arrested. Um, I think there are about twelve people in all, and um, and that they're all tied together. The chief judge of the of the U.S. federal court there in that district, also the judge that was the providing presiding judge in that. I mean, did they ever move to have these people? Um, uh, what what do you do when you get a judge to impeach? Impeach, impeach the judge, or or say that they they, they can't be. What was, county? What county was that again? Where all that happened? What's it happened name? in Harney County. Okay, where in Oregon is that? Is that Eastern? Eastern Oregon. Okay, because there's a str- probably the strongest secession movement taking place in the U.S. right now is in Eastern Oregon. I mean, there's a very serious movement there that they want to secede. Most of the counties in eastern Oregon want to become part of what they call greater Idaho. They actually want to become part of Idaho, and I think that's that's a tremendous thing. I think that's actually probably the best solution we have going uh, for patriots right now is to secede from the, from the federal government. And, you know, the state, all these 50 states, those are arbitrary borders that were drawn up a long time ago, hundreds of years ago. And so you look at 200 years ago and, and look now, the inhabitants are different, the values are different. Uh, states like Oregon, unfortunately, are dominated by Portland, which is a communist hellhole. And so, right, the, the people, same way California is dominated by Los Angeles and San Francisco. Yeah, and so what what we have is the communists are just—they don't own the land; they they own only a tiny percentage, very tiny percentage of the country. But they're all clustered in the big cities where all the power is. So, the best thing that we can be doing is working like the people in Eastern Oregon are to try and. Uh, have our own separate states, our own separate country, if need be, whatever it takes to withdraw peacefully. Because all I hear now is, well, 
It's going to be a bloody civil war. It's either going to be a totalitarian central government or a bloody civil war as if there's no other alternatives. Well, there's, those are both terrible uh, outcomes. There's all kinds of – there's literally countless other possibilities, all of them more positive than that, but it takes people to work towards it. Uh, Laz, are you familiar at all with the uh, secession movement in eastern Oregon? I am, but they can't go nowhere because of the fact that that that, that the Chinese. So Mitch McConnell and, and John McCain, uh, uh, Lisa Murkowski, uh, the Clinton Foundation, uh, the George Soros, the Open Society Foundation, Southern Poverty Law Center, the ACLU, the Anti Defamation League. They're, uh, they're all involved in Harney County. Uh, uh, that's why the the, the Harney County Carney is a U is a U is a UN. Um, a county. It basically believe it's a free zone for the United Nations uh, to to basically take place there in Harney County uh, under the under what Stephen E. Grassi left behind, including the senators and representatives that I mentioned, like Senator Ron Wyden, uh, Ted Ferrioli, United States Representative Greg Walden, United States Representative Senator Gordon Smith, State Representative Cliff Bentz. Uh, you know, they're all involved in the United Nations takeover. So I don't see that happening. What I could see, if the American people or our God-loving brothers out in Harney County, is to basically create a common law grand jury, you know, or a, or a well, safety you know, committee. You know, I'm, I'm familiar with the grand juries, uh, common law grand juries situation, Laz, but what I don't, what I fail to see is a enforcement mechanism with them. Yeah, you can put, to, you can convene a, a common law grand jury, but... You can even arrest people, but who's going to enforce it? They own the police now. So that that's I don't see that happening. I, so far, the only thing, the viable solution I see that takes a lot of people is Jake Jackson's uh, natural law republic. That That's someplace I think we can go, you know, and, and create. So, but do, do you see an enforcement arm of a common law grand jury? I would hope so. I, I would hope that the, that the people of Har- Harney County have the backbone to do it. You know, uh, if I resided in in Harney County, Oregon, I would have done it. I would have taken. I would and I would have taken the fight to them personally. Uh, you know, I won't back down to these criminals. You know, I, I have I have I have the audacity to go up to Stephen Grassi and, and David Ward. The problem is these guys don't don't play uh, don't play fair. They they'll they'll assassinate you in a heartbeat from a thousand yards. So they don't have the cojones that I would say that to fight you man on man or one on one, you know. So they, they they need a gang of agents like the FBI or the Department of Justice to crush you, like the FBI agent stated uh, in front of the oversight committee. Right, right. And I haven't. Sam hasn't heard me on that yet to to play that clip. But I, I've got a question for you. I wanna I wanna back up to to your background a little bit. Um, excuse me for just a second. You have um, you live in Miami, for people that don't know, that's Miami, but it's not Miami, it's Laz's Ami. So, um, and and you have a Hispanic name. Um, can you tell me your family's um, heritage? Uh, they're from Spain, uh, the Basque Country, and and Mexico. Uh, so, <laughs> most of the entire families uh from. Uh, from the Basque Country in Spain, and then the other one is from Acapulco, Mexico. Oh, wow. Okay, so, uh, but, well, the Basque folks I know here in, in my county, in my neighbors, they're all very conservative, but the other um, Hispanic people I know, like from Mexico, are not. So tell me how you interrelate or how you're received in the Hispanic community being a conservative? Well, in the state of Florida, I mean, well, it's huge. So we're, we're surrounded between Colombians, Venezuelans, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, and Dade County is a stronghold of Republicans. Uh, uh, Broward County is a little bit of a lot of Democrats under Debbie Watson and Schultz. A uh, Clintonite uh, under the under Clinton Foundation, so they have a huge stronghold in in Broward, in Broward County. So you go to West Palm Beach or Palm County, uh, it's it's huge as a stronghold of Republicans. Uh, so, but we're a huge melting pot. So we're we're strong here in respects to uh, Republican. Uh, we're pro Trump. I mean, that's uh, 
and and not and don't make no mistake. Uh, we know the difference between being a patriot and not being a patriot in respects to uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, so we are pro Trump here. Okay, well that's interesting. Oh, Skype too. Okay, okay. Thanks. Okay, I guess we're coming up on a break. Stay with us. Let us hang in here. We'll be back. We're listening to the Freedom Times News Hour, brought to you by the Freedom Times newspaper. Subscribe to the Freedom Times Monthly Newspaper, published since 1985. That's right, 1985. The Freedom Times pulls no punches and observes no sacred cows or taboos. The perilous times we live in are too critical for anything but honest discussion of America's plight. The Freedom Times is the antidote to the lies and distortions of the fake news media. There's no better way to inform and enlighten Americans than by reading the Freedom Times each month. New subscribers may sign up at the special rate of just $29 for one year or $55 for two years. Subscribe online by going to AmericanFreedomNews.us or mail your subscription to The Freedom Times, P.O. Box 218, Wildwood, Pennsylvania, 15091. That's The Freedom Times, P.O. Box 218, Wildwood, Pennsylvania, 15091. Support America's best patriotic newspaper and one of the very few left by becoming a subscriber to The Freedom Times today. Einstein once said, Future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your terahertz frequency want, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. You're listening to the Freedom Times News Hour. I'm Patricia Aiken, aka Sweaty Betty, and I'm here with uh, Mr. Don Wassel and Mr. Laz Esanara. But we have a caller, so I'd like to go to our caller, Francis from North Carolina. Welcome to the Freedom Times News Hour. Well, hey, folks. I, I, apparently, I'm getting infamous and notorious, so go figure. Um, <laughs> I just turned in, tuned in recently in the uh, last few five or ten minutes. And I, I hate to say it, but in listening to the discussion about uh, uranium, uranium one or whatever that was going on out in the Midwest and so forth, uh, ironically, 
puts me in mind of a film that was done decades ago with Val Kilmer called Thunderheart. And so that was a very striking film, and I'm starting to wonder if what is going on with all that fiasco out there, that film is based loosely upon that, especially given that uh, it's involving FBI agents and some underlings or whatever have you in the procurement of, uh, among other alphabet soup agencies, mind you, uh, the procurement of ground out in that general area, regardless of the folks that live there ordinarily. So I'm wondering about your perception on this correlating to a film that was probably based maybe loosely, strangely enough about, am, I don't know. Am, am I, Francis, am I thinking about the right movie? Was it was Val Kilmer in that movie? Yes, he was. Okay, he was he like was, the FBI agent or something? He was, he, uh, it was, and basically his role was that of a researcher of some sort. And okay. he had one person that was over him that was an FBI agent, and so he was trying to get to the bottom of the situation because someone had lost their life. And apparently the person lost their life because they were attacked or assault, um, uh, confronted by uh, FBI agents at the time. And so it was made to look as though it wasn't like that at all, and for what reason were they confronting? But, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, Don Laz, do you remember that movie? I don't. How about you, Laz? Do you remember that? I do not. What was okay. the name of the movie again? I, I, remember, I remember the movie, but uh, and I think it was set on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. Ah, okay. I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> well, they can always use a different location uh, name or whatever for uh, various film productions and so forth. So if they were to use an actual site, then they would be running into a lot of legal ease or whatever uh, issues about, well, you can't do this, you can't do that, or whatever have you. When they're doing a film production, it was based on perhaps loosely on a true uh, situation. So. Okay, uh, here it is. It was 1992. Okay. And it was loosely based on fictional portrayal of events relating to the Wounded Knee Incident in 1973 uh. when followers of the American Indian Movement seized the South Dakota town of Wounded Knee. See, I'm in the right area. Um, in protest against federal government policy re regarding Native Americans. Incorporated in the plot is the character of uh, Ray LaVoy, uh, played by actor Val Kilmer, as an FBI agent with Sioux Heritage investigating a homicide on a Native American reservation. So, um, also, um, they had previously directed a documentary uh, surrounding a Native American activist episode right. um, called Oglala. Yeah, that that's all in that same Pine Ridge Reservation area. Oh yeah, Leonard Pelletier, of course. Right. So, Russell Ru Russell Means that, that rings a bell, right? Wasn't he involved? Oh yes. Yeah. That's a good yeah, question. That was, a huge, that was actually a huge, huge uh, incident when it happened back then in the uh, much was seventy three, nineteen seventy three. Yeah. Yeah, then it kind of, of course, the system just absorbed it like it does everything. You know, uh, you get these. Well, that's true too. Grassroots protest movements, and they, they absorb them. And whether they come from the left or the right, they are, they're, they're, they're uh, diabolically effective at absorbing them and, and diffusing them over time. Ironically, that's funny how they do that, and they think nothing about it. I think the one thing that was very poignant that Val Kilmer's character made the comment when confronted by other agents, he said that this land is not for sale. And that was the very poignant part that apparently the land was being confiscated. And so... The current commentary uh, put me in mind of that, so you don't have to overlook me. But it was like, whoa! <laughs> so yeah. with that, so with that, I'll have them. Uh, I'll have my margarita. <laughs> Y'all have fun. Well, all right. Uh, cheers. Appreciate your call. So, uh, Lance, what, Lance, let's go. Let's talk more general. You're there in, in Southern Florida. What do, What do you think, uh, Donald Trump, and what do you think of your governor, Ron DeSantis? Uh, <laughs> I tell you this much. Uh, 
still trying to get an answer regarding Ron DeSantis investing $26 million at the Miami Beach Convention Center when we already knew that, that the, the, the pandemic was fake. Uh, I, during the process back in, in, I have all the documents in respect to video to substantiate what I'm saying, also all the evidence. I came out strong against the COVID knowing that it was a pandemic, not a pandemic. And, uh, and I confronted, I tried to confirm Ron DeSantis in Doral, House when he was there with another treasonous Republican by the name of uh, Carlos Jimenez that's in bed with, uh, with the Chinese and the Clinton Foundation. And I wanted to give him this do- these documents uh, informing him that it was a pandemic and how it started. And he refused to acknowledge me or, or, or the people that I was with and bringing the information to him. Uh, so the first thing I'm, st- I'm still waiting for is why did he invest at $26 million at the Miami Beach Convention Center knowing that all the hospitals were empty, in which I, I perfectly documented through video, video and audio. Uh, I, I, I basically uh, was one of the ones that went to the Miami Beach Convention Center and, and showed everybody that, that it was empty. So to this day, he still hasn't answered my question. And the other one is, and not just there, but also Baptist Hospital, Mercy Hospital, uh, hospital down in Sunset, so, and, and the hospital in Hialeah. So I'm still waiting for that. Why did he invest $26 million when all the hospitals were empty? The second notion is why did he refuse to accept my documents pertaining to the pandemic, knowing it was fake? And it started in New York, you know. Uh, you know so, so I'm still waiting for him to answer that, and, and he'll refuse that. And I don't expect well, him well, to you know, answer when, it. When, when you get him to answer that, why don't you ask him why he just signed um, COVID legislation um, in this is an update. Um, he signed legislation in 2021 giving state health authorities the power to forcefully quarantine and inject anyone whose state health authorities, in quote, deemed to be a bridge to public safety using, quote, any means necessary to do so. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get that answer. Uh, he doesn't have a chance. But but he's there because of the Republican rhinos here in the state of Florida. So we, we uh, the Republicans here, we already know who our rhinos are and who we got to go against with. No different than, than Oregon and Nevada, you know, and Washington. We already know who are traded in with the Republican Party. Look, Cliff Bent, Cliff Bent and Andy Bent, they said that the, Republic, the, the, the Republicans and, and Gordon Smith, yet they're, they're a bit with, with Greg Bolden, Ted Ferroni, Ron Wyden, and Jeff Merkley, huge Democrats. Not just huge Democrats, but they, but Ron Wyden with Lisa Murkowski and Ron, and, and what's that guy, the idiot from Utah, uh, Mitt Romney, they were in bed with the Clinton Foundation. They were in bed with the Uranium One deal in which Robert Mueller took Heidi Rich Uranium from Harney County, Oregon to Russia. We know that for a fact. Well, Les, we've got Laura on the line from Michigan. Laura, welcome to the call you a website it's from it's glenn beck something glenn beck put together it's 25 pages of all the crimes of biden and all his family here's the website the reckoning guide.com the reckoning guide.com i thought you might want it for your newspaper okay reckoning guide guide.com Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll check I, it out. I don't. I don't think I'm spelling reckoning right. I got it now. I remember now. Reckoningguide.com. <laughs> I reckon you got it. I reckon you spelled it right now. Uh, I reckon I did. I reckon I did. Uh-huh. So, Laura, what what about, what about that? It's just um we're ruled over by um, you know the United States is the largest organized crime syndicate not only in the world but in the history of the world from what I can see. Well, Biden's acting like he's a monarch, and he's giving the money to all his, he's uh, rewarding all his family and friends with all his corruption. Well, what's scary, too, is the media, I mean, it's it's been so Sovietized that uh, he, he's getting away with so much, I mean, he, this is his payoff, and of course, he's a puppet, too. He's going to do what his handlers want him to do, because he is so corrupt, they could... They could nail him anytime they want to, but he's doing their bidding, which is, and his handlers are all extreme left wingers. That's why. Yeah, I else. mean, we we don't have the FBI, we don't have the CIA, we don't have anybody, uh, the Mar federal marshals. We have nobody to arrest him. 
Right. Even, yeah, the military and the FBI, they used to be uh, viewed by conservatives as strongholds of the old America, what was good about America, and they're all they're all in on it, too, now. I mean, they've got everything, or at least they think they do. So that's why they're, they're being so aggressive and really trying to do as much of their agenda as they can while they can, because they are afraid of a pushback. Now, whether that'll happen or not, that's always the $64,000 question. Um, but what, what do you think, Laura? What's uh, what's the best way to fight all this corruption going on? What's the best way? Uh, just information, get misinformation out. That's what I'm yeah. trying to do with this report. You know, right? Yeah, uh, sure. What do you think, Laz? What's the best way to fight back against all the corruption you're uncovering? Oh, I'm glad that that Laura mentioned this because this goes back to Harney County and, and Robert Mueller. So we so. Joe Biden was under, so we have to understand that Joe Biden was under, uh, under the Clinton, under, uh, the, under the, or participated in the nomination of Hillary Clinton, okay, as Secretary of State. We have to understand that. What, and then all the players behind the nom- her nomination as Secretary of State, because the, 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 the highly rich uranium, that highly rich uranium that Robert Mueller took, they, Joe Biden with, with, with Mitch McConnell and, 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 and John McCain, they also provided that highly rich uranium to, not to Russia, but to also Afghanistan, Syria, and ISIS. That's why we're funding ISIS, and we funded ISIS through the CIA. So Joe Biden does that. And then in, in addition to that, Joe Biden's and I financial thought, interest through, through Burisma. And Burisma is and with I, John McCain. Go ahead, Laura. Were you and say and I found out Cindy McCain, his widow, she's running in the United Nations Food Fund. That's who's paying, who's giving food to all the people who are coming up to our border. It's Cindy Lou McCain. Right. So through the John McCain Institute. So the John McCain Institute, it's pedophilia, pedophiles, and they're in bed with, with uh, the Clinton, uh, there's a school there for the Clinton Foundation. The Clinton Foundation created a school in Arizona. Uh, so, so it's a stronghold there for, for almost a lot of Democrats out there, uh, so you, these universities. So, John, so John, John McCain with John Kerry, Mitch McConnell, and Lindsey Graham, uh, they, they, and Joe Biden, they, they all culminated in arming, arming our enemies. With highly rich uranium uh, 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 weapons and money, and that money also uh, also plays with Burisma, and and John, and John Kerry's son uh, Archie, uh, his stepson Archie, that worked in Burisma with uh, with Hunter Biden. He left, but he was working at the time with, in, in Burisma. And the whole purpose of, of the Burisma is through the oil, the, through the to the natural gas pipeline, the oil, the uh, and the minerals and the bio labs. The, the 47 bio labs that are there in, in what do you call it, in, uh, in Ukraine. And the, the civil war that occurred in Ukraine under Barack Hussein Obama's administration were purposely done by George Soros so they can, can control the natural resources, which they why they created the coup and why you have this Mickey Mouse president for Ukraine. So all this comes, and, and remember, uranium. All you got to think is uranium is a focal point of all this, all these transactions that happen under Barrett Gold Inc., Calico Resource, uh, Uranium One, J- JM and K. Yeah, it's it's all, it's all an octopus corporations. We agree, it's all an octopus garden. It's all interrelated. We totally agree with that. Hey, I've got a news flash that somebody just sent me. It's from the SPLC. Our good friends at the SPLC. Um, that was part of one of my favorite days, the dismissal at the Bundy trial when I saw the reporter from the Southern Poverty Law Center leaving. He looked like, he looked like somebody had just shot his dog. I loved it. So here's a, here's a, a letter that uh, a friend has just received. He says, you dear so-and-so, you know as well as I that white supremacy has gone mainstream in our nation. America has never been free of white supremacists in their toxic ideology. But until recently, they lurked mainly in the shadows and dark corners of society. Not anymore. Today, <laughs> national politicians openly traffic in the vilest racial bigotry, 
right-wing media figures spout racist, paranoid warnings that immigrants are here to replace white culture. Uh States across the South and beyond are passing the worst voter suppression laws since Jim Crow. Oh, wow. This is good. When people in positions of power use irresponsible and incendiary rhetoric, they are promoting the political and physical violence that follows. As we saw when the deadly storming of the U.S. Capitol just a few years ago, white supremacists are now openly embracing violence to turn back the clock (laughs) to the days when white men held all the power and people of color, quote, knew their place. At the Southern (laughs) Poverty Law Center, we know there's only one thing that can stop them. Thousands of people of goodwill from every corner of our country joining together against hate, racism, and inequality. And I think you might be one of them. That's why I'm asking you to complete the enclosed Fighting White Supremacy Survey. It won't take a minute. There are only five questions, and your answers will give us the needed insights into the threat of white supremacy in your community and in our country. But if for some reason you are unable to return your survey, please do not give it to anyone else to compete. It is registered in your name, and it is your input that we want. And your money. And as much oh, money oh, as oh, oh, here it comes. When you return your survey, I hope you'll also include a generous gift of 25, 35, 50, or whatever is right for you to support all the SPLC's work to fight the rise of white supremacy and justice for equality. <laughs> who, who are these national figures? I'd like to know. I, like, why? I know, I'd support them. I'd vote for them. <laughs> I'd, I'd start I, voting again. It's just One unbelievable. thing I wanted to say was Glenn Beck when wanted, when people downloaded that report, to get it to yes. their local prosecutor or DAs. Maybe they'll start doing something. Well, you know, it's amazing. That. The SPLC has hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that they have raised just through hate-filled scare letters like that. They have a sure. big mailing list of, of older liberals and left-wingers that actually believe that stuff. It scares them, and so they send money. This is how they've been operating all these years, to raise money. And it, they just park it off offshore. Uh, they don't pay any taxes on it, and... Uh, it's quite a lucrative racket. I mean, they're the real racists. They're the real supremacists. They're the totalitarians. So everything, of course, we all know the left. They're, they're, it's projection. Everything they accuse their opponents of is what they are and what they represent and what they believe. Yeah. But that's old news. We know that already. I just, I just was on Catholic radio, and they did an interview of a lady who wrote a book. It was all about she was a communist. How she, how she had infiltrated and organized all the teachers union in New York and also how she started getting different priests and everything to turn to communism. Joe McCarthy was right. I couldn't get the name of the book. I think you can only get... Joe McCarthy nailed it 75 years ago. It's only gotten worse. So, so Les, SPLC is going to be one of your your favorite um, NGOs. What do you think of that letter? Well, thanks for being on, Laz. I think we're just about out of time. It's been a great conversation. Thanks to our callers as well. Thank you, Patricia. And we will be back next week, and we hope you are too. Thanks, Don. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee, it's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted, it's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. I'm getting excited. 